to talk to you about something so important today. Not that I talk about stuff that's not important. Why would I preach something not important? I mean, I, I think every time I get up here, it's got to be something big. It's got to be something real. I saw God on. And hopefully today, if you, if you can, some of you have this. Some of you already have this message today. You got it. You've been practicing it. And God bless you. This will be a review. But for many of you in this room, you do not have this. You do not have this, but you need this. You need this concept. Uh, right out of the Bible, solid Bibles you're going to get. And I'll, I'll talk, and hopefully by the end of this, you'll have it, a good grip on it. But really, as you walk out of here, it's going to be up to you to decide, I want it. You, you may be able to sense say, that was good, I appreciate that, I like what I heard, but not do it. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and it's behind me. Do it. It's important you do it. The title of the sermon is, is something that's been evolving with me over a period of 30, 35 years, and I've, I've come now to nail it down, called the up spiral. The up spiral. Up spiral, like a tornado in reverse, up spiral. A lot of life is what you make it. A lot of life is what you make it. We have many choices that God has given us. You say, you believe in the sovereignty of God? I sure do, but I also believe he's so sovereign, he can give us choices, and yet there's a predictable outcome. Now, that's a real sovereign God, more sovereign than the Calvinist God, the people who believe that John Calvin, what he tried to say. I believe our God is a more of a, a bigger God able to manage things, even though he gives his people real, honest choices. You have a real, honest, lots of choices in life. You can choose to live on the negative side of life, or you can choose to live on the positive side of things. Now, I want to make a disclaimer here. I'm not advocating positive thinking. By Norman Vincent Peale, years ago, he put a book out, Positive Thinking, and and all I can say is, Peel's appalling and Paul's appealing. And it, it had some truth in it, but it was an over-application of truth. If you put too much sugar in something, you make it unedible. If you put too much salt in something, you make it unedible. And a lot of, a lot of heresies have truth in them, but it's an excess. And they go in an excess to where it's not edible. Or nice, it's not doable. It's wrong, and so that's what Norman Vincent Peale was in his Power of Positive Thinking book. And there's is that that by the way, philosophy has remanifested itself to you and to me in what they call positive imaging. I went to somebody's house that was visiting here at the gospel to say, you know, see how they were doing and to see on visit. And on the refrigerator, the man had a had a hundred foot yacht, picture of a hundred foot yacht. And I said, what are you doing with that picture of a 100-foot yacht on your refrigerator? He said, I'm positive imaging. <laughs> he said, I believe if I, if I got it on there and I image it, I'll get it. I said, it's, it's, that's false. That's false. That's a lie. And if you did get it, you probably wouldn't want it, especially about after Ian. All them shrimp boats piled up. It's a lot of responsibility. Every asset has a liability, right? And so I'm not advocating the power of positive thinking here, but I am advocating a biblical positive thinking, biblical positive thinking. I'm, I'm advocating a balance to your outlook of the events that happen around you. 
a biblical perspective of things rather than a surface daily evaluation of things. So I ask you a question. I started out this morning and asked a question. Do you believe the Bible? If you believe the Bible, say amen. amen. I believe most of you believe the Bible. Romans 8.28 is quoted over and over by born-again Christians. And I want you to, if you... If you're not there already or not going to be there or can't get there, it's fine, but I'm going to try to explain it for you real quickly. And this is not the text verse, by the way, of the message. This is introduction. Romans 8.28 says, And we know, we know. We know intellectually and we know by experience. That's what Paul is talking about. He said we both know intellectually know because there's two ways of knowing something. People say they know Jesus, but they haven't been born again. The devil, the demons believe and tremble. The demons believe, but they're not born again. There's two different kinds of know. You can know up here, but God wants you to know in both places. He wants you to know up here and then know in your heart, in the innermost part of your being. And we know that all things work together for good. How many things? That's big, man. That's big. That's big. As life plays its way out, that's real big. They work together for what? For good. I have a ministry of comfort. Part of my ministry is a ministry of comforting people that are struggling, people who have lost their loved ones. We have uh, people regularly go on to heaven and they leave somebody behind who has to struggle by themselves. It's tough. It's just, uh, I don't know what it's like, but I know from watching it's tough. And how can that be for good? But for them that love God, and, it's, and there's qualification to this verse, by the way, and we know that all things work together for good to who? To them that love God and are the call according to his purpose. So it's important that you look at the whole verse. In Philippians, which uh, is a tremendous insightful passage, also I want to mention in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, 13, it says, Wherefore, my beloved... As ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now more in my absence. So Paul says, whether I'm there, you obeyed, and whether I wasn't there, you obeyed. That's great. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's a Calvinist's worst nightmare right there. Work out your own salvation. That means you have specific responsibility, some responsibility in your life, in this thing called life. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, be, be all over it. Don't, don't treat it casually. And the next verse says, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. So there's a balance. Uh, you, you have a certain amount of choices that you make, and then God does with that choice. God helps you and comes together in a partnership together with him. So I work with, in a partnership, the Holy Spirit and then my free will. I have a free will in part, at least, and then he also has a will for me. It is, it is God that worketh in you both to will and do his good pleasure. So I'm confident that God's working something out in my life. I also understand that I have a responsibility to work something out in my life. You get that? So I got a little part of working this thing out, and he's got a part of working this thing out, both of us. So do you, do you believe it? Do you believe the Bible when I say that? Here's some logic. Let me go through the logic of that verse. If all God is working with me to produce an image of his son in me. So God's working with me to produce an image of his son in me. We all agree with that. It's Bible. 
if I cooperate with him and trust him in this process, if what he says is true, then, this is application and outcome, I choose to live on the up spiral side of life, trusting in the ultimate outcome according to his will with my cooperation. And so I will apply what the Bible says to me. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. This is our text. I preach on this every kind of way, but today's actually going to be a different way, taking a different aspect of this verse. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are uh, whatsoever things are honest. Excuse me. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things whatsoever things are pure. It's a tongue tongue twister. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise. And I want to note the last four words. Think on these things. Ask yourself the question, what do you think about during the week? Think about a lot of things. You have a business, you think about what, how to do this, problem solving, if you're a worker, um, for some, an employer, and you're trying to do a good job for them, you're trying to, you know, you think about your family, you think about your home, you think about a lot of things in life. But he said, one thing you want to keep clear and foremost in your mind are the things that are true and the things that are honest, things that are just, the things that are pure, the things that are lovely, things that are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise. Think on these things. Think on these things. So what does that have to do with you this morning? How many here are married? Raise your hand. Okay. Many of you, by the majority. Now, for you non-married people, this is all for you also. For you single people, you have relationships of friends that you develop, long-term relationship with friends. You have long-term relationship with family, aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters. You have long-term relationships, hopefully, with employers uh, or maybe you are an employer, but if that's the case, you have relationships with your employees. So one way or another, you got all kinds of contacts with people. And, and to keep from destroying those contacts, those relationships. I know people that never have any long-term friends. They don't have long-term friends, and there's reasons why. They don't have long-term marriages. Marriages are short. Their employment's short. Their friends are short. And there's reasons for this. Because we have an evil nature, and this evil nature always wants to go to the same place, the negative side of life. And with that, it creates some bitterness, and that bitterness it causes eventual division. I've, I've had the privilege of being here now for 42 years, since the church really all, about two months after the inception of the church. And so I've been able, by the grace of God, to develop long-term friendships with people all the way till they die, and they leave me. And I have these friendships. I've also been married 51-plus years, and maybe the highest, most intense friendship I've ever had is my wife. She's not, she doesn't have to stay with me. I try to tell, you're getting a little marriage counsel. Your wife does not have to stay with you because some law says she has to stay with you. Because the law even says she don't have to stay with you. 
So she's there voluntarily, right? You're here voluntarily, right? People that work for Gospel Baptists are here. Even though they work for us, they're still here voluntarily. At any time, they can quit and go somewhere else. And so I work at real hard at having long-term relationships with my employees. It's a victory for me if I can have an employee work for Gospel Baptist Church for 25 years. If I can have a secretary for 10 years. <laughs> if I can have an assistant for 20 years, which Boucher was and Moon was 18 years. and That's a victory for me. If, if I can have people that I've known and, and have fellowship with and be deacons here and partners in, in the ministry here, stay here for 20, 30, 40 years, that's a massive victory, folks, because that is not what would happen normally. Because your nature and my nature is divisive at its very best. But by the grace of God, through the word of God and the application of the Holy Spirit, you can become a long-term type person. We could go home on that, but you're not going to get here. So what does this have to do with marriage specifically? Because the rest of this, I'm going to talk about marriage, and I, I want to understand that it's not just am I talking about marriage, but all, time, all types of long-term relationship, but I'm going to emphasize, because the vast majority in here are married. I'm going to emphasize about marriage. What I'm going to say this morning may be the best marriage counseling you have ever received. Why? Because most marriages that I know and study about and read about fail, the ones that do fail, fail due to accumulated wrongs uh, accompanied by bits, B-I-T-S, bits of bitternesses, little betrayals, little disappointments. And by the way, bitterness is often called, I'm not bitter at him, I'm just disappointed. No, you're bitter. I, I, all words like, you know, I'm disappointed, I feel bad about them, that negative side is, is, a, is a side of bitterness, right? And so I want you to make sure you get that. With after, but, but with after a little time passing, these pieces of bitterness solidify into a massive stronghold of hate and bitterness deeply grounded in the heart. And once that happens, it's almost, it's not totally because with God all things are possible, but it's almost impossible to overcome that stronghold unless there is spiritual emergency surgery done by God and the person with a near-death experience. People come to me for marriage counseling oftentimes when the plane is, both engines are on fire, it's at a 45-degree decline, and they say, is there anything you can help us with? What I need you to do is come before the trouble, before the bitterness is solidifying the strongholds. You say, oh, I can control anything I got. Oh, really? Is that so? Question this morning. I'm going to get personal. What do you think of your mate Where does your mind go when you think about your husband, wife, 
or friend, and you know I'm talking about you single people out there also, friendships, relationships with people, work, employee. But I'm specifically talking about marriage here. So when you mention to me Kathy, Kathy Moore, which is her maiden name, what comes into my mind? When somebody mentions my name to you, what comes into your mind? Judge yourself and you'll be not judged. I mean, does a blacklist come up? A list of failures, disappointments, Wrongs, betrayals, anger. Or when you think specifically of your spouse, there's a list of successes, benefits, thoughts of appreciation come up in your mind. When you mention Kathy Moore to me, I am flooded with grace. I'm flooded with benefits. I'm flooded with joy. I'm flooded that I'm unworthy of a woman like her. I hope she's not here. She'll say, <laughs> you are unworthy. Probably back that up. So I, I'm going to give you a couple, actually three illustrations of some practical, hands-on, ways of keeping bitterness out of your relationships, especially your marriages. And by the way, I might, might put a little caveat on that. People that are bitter do not believe they're bitter. That's like proud people think they're humble. And humble people think they're proud. That's true. And bitter people Think they're not bitter. No, no, I'm not bitter, but I don't want anything to do with him. Or I don't, I don't, I, don't, I want to get a divorce. Or, or I, want, I don't want to be around that person. Or I don't like Pastor Lytel. Why would you not like me? <laughs> we had a, a married couple in this church the lady came to me, and I don't know why I even brought the conversation up, but she she brought a phrase to me, and in Spanish is no hay hombre como tú. Is that correct? No hay hombre como, hombre como tú. If you say hombre, you're hungry, I guess. I don't know. There's no man like you. She said, I go to my husband, and I say that in Spanish to him. There's no man like you. And I said, you mean... Let me interpolate that into English. You the man. You the man. I said, what in the world? I just about flipped out when she said that to me. That's a 60s terminology. I about flipped out when she said to me, that is what a man needs to hear from his wife. You're, 
You women in this church, God bless your soul. I'm helping you. You go to your man when we leave here today, and you, and you look at him on the way back home in the car and say, you the man. <laughs> and that's positive. There ain't no man like you. You are so good. There's no man. Whoa, of all the men in the world, I'm so glad I got you. You say, right in your mind, you're thinking, well, you don't know him like I do. Stop! You got bitterness? There's no perfect man. My wife has a whole list of flaws. But that's not what I choose to think on about. Think on these things. I choose to think on the good things of the woman that God has given me. I choose to, to, to ignore as much as I can. <laughs> to ignore the negative. Now, this might sounds too simple, but trust me, this is profound. I want to ignore the negative and focus on the positive of the woman that God has given me. Why? I want a long-term relationship with her. And the only way she's going to have a long-term relationship with me is to look at me and say, you demand. <laughs> I just like the way that rolls out. You demand. I just go, I'm afraid that flex my muscle, I'm going to rip my suit. <laughs> uh, you know. That's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. That man, that, that woman talked about her man, that man will work himself to death for her if he's got any sense at all. I mean, he will, he will stay faithful to her because he's not going to find another woman that says to him, you demand. And you ought to, the man ought to look at his woman and say, you the woman. I often say to my wife, I call her woman. That's going back to Genesis. Woman. I say, woman. You're the woman. Sometimes I say, Oogla, we ride. But I know you don't get that. But it's, it's, it's like, yeah. Friendships, same way. Employers, employees, same way. You haven't worked for an employer that's perfect. He makes all kinds of mistakes and poor judgments and things. But don't focus on those. Focus on the good stuff. You have friends. No, there ain't no perfect friends. Friends are going to make all kinds of mistakes and all kinds of errors. The Bible says the righteous falls seven times and rises up again. Jesus told his disciples, they said, how many times can we forgive somebody when they wrong us? He said, well, don't do it seven times. Do it 70 times seven. In other words, infinity. That means if they come back to you and say, they kick you in their shins and say, I'm sorry about that. Forgive them. And then the next day they kick you in their shins, you say, they say, oh, I'm sorry I kicked you in their shins. Forgive them. That's what Jesus is saying. He said, if they come 70 times seven and kick you in the shins, Forgive them. That's big, man. Got to have the Holy Spirit to help you. We can't do this in the flesh. We need the Holy Spirit to do this. But you can do it under his guidance. You can do it. I had another woman in this church the same week 
this is the this is the spiritual part about this. How it is it is God that that, that works out His salvation. You know, this is God doing it. Another woman the same week came to me and uh, said to me that they were having a kind of a tough year in their marriage. You know, kind of tough year in their marriage. And that happens, by the way. Sun don't always shine bright, and so. I found out that she started, he had a, her husband had a birthday coming up. And she started nine months before his birthday. She started every day. She put down on a piece of paper five things she were good about him. Five good things about him. Five good things about him. Now, some of you people can't think of five good things. Because bitterness will do that. If you dwell over on the negative side, pretty soon you can't think of one good thing. That's why you divide. But she said, I went and I was having a little bit of trouble, you know, having trouble, having some conflict, disagreements, some things going bad. So I, I sat down with a piece of paper and I thought, I'm going to write five things about my man that are good, they're helpful. She wrote five. The next day wrote five. The next day wrote five. You may not want to believe this, but it's true. I know this person told me the truth. She gave him a birthday card that had a thousand good things about him. One thousand. So I went to her. I said, are you sure that you didn't repeat yourself? She said, one of the hardest things about doing a thousand things about my man was not repeating myself. I had to go back over the list to make sure I didn't, because you do duplicate. I had to cross out, that doesn't count. What? These are not duplications. These are a thousand good things about your, and this can go to the wife, from the man to the wife, wife to the man, employer to employee. It can go to friendships. This is Philippians 4.8 in, like, life. Being, being played out. And when she gave him, now I don't know, I haven't been able to talk to the man since uh, he got the birthday card, but whoo, shazam, that was good. I thought to me, that would be the best birthday card a man could get in his life. I mean, you could get him a new uh, Maserati wouldn't be that good. You get him a new uh, Lotus wouldn't be that good. You get him a new uh, something else. Rolls Royce Shadow wouldn't be that good. Well, your mate comes up to you and says, here's a birthday card of a thousand things that are positive about you. I know what you'd say. I didn't know there were a thousand. And you know what that, you know what, you know what it did? Now, did the husband need to hear that really? It wasn't for him. It was for her. Her goal was to stay married her whole life to this person. And I guarantee you, if you have a goal of being with somebody for 25, 35, 45, 55, 65 years, you've got to dwell in this area I'm talking about. Or you will end up getting bitter. You will end up getting disappointed in that person, depressed about that person, and not think of one good, you won't be able to name one good thing about that person. Now remember, 
We're talking about imperfect people. She does not have a special husband. He has all kinds of flaws. I know him well enough to write 20 negative things right here. But I refuse to go to the negative. I'm going to go to the positive where she's going. Amen? What does that do? It's the up spiral. Basically, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 is an up spiral. True, honest, just, uh, lovely, any virtue, any praise. Think on these things. Just keep it up. Go on up, 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 up. Just keep it going up. You say, but people do bad things to you. Sure they do, but don't dwell on it. Sure they do. And there's some of the time, no excuse for the bad stuff they do to you, but don't dwell on it. It's not going to help you to dwell on the wrongs people do you because you will not get out of this life without people doing you wrong. They're going to do you wrong. They're going to talk bad about you. At least they're talking about you. People come to me and they're so upset that people talk bad about them. I say, be happy. Be happy that at least you're being mentioned. You know, the worst case is when nobody cares about you and nobody mentions your name and nobody thinks about you and you're out in a corner somewhere with no attention at all. At least you're getting some attention. That's a positive thing about a negative thing. Huh. I'll tell you that up spiral. I'll tell you that you concentrate on the positive side of life. It will defeat your bitterness, defeat your anger. Uh, it'll defeat those negative thoughts. It will breed a sweet, tender, loving spirit toward the people around you, especially your mate as we're talking about, and contribute for a long, successful marriage. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, anything, anything of good, whatsoever things of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I believe this advice, and this is the way God is, he gives advice that everybody can do. God doesn't give you advice up here where nobody can reach it, just a select few people can reach it. Everybody can reach Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Everybody can do it. It's just your decision to do it. Some of you may go out of here today and say, I preach, you don't know what he's talking about. You're missing it. You're damaging yourself. You're hurting yourself. Maybe you're just too bitter already to receive any possibility of something positive. I hope you sincerely decide with all your heart to, to go into this up spiral. My birthday, in case you want to send me something, <laughs> December 23rd, 1951. December 23rd, 1951. That was a really good year for my mother. Which I took I took care of her for seven years. She was dying with dementia. And so it was a good year that she had me. Praise the Lord. I wanted to be that kind of son for her. But December 23rd comes around once a year. And I get all kinds of, you people are so sweet, really. You give me cards. You give me thank you. A lot of times you buy them in a store. They have a pre-printed little message on I'm glad you thought about me. 
I mean, you spent four bucks on a card or whatever. God bless your soul. And I'm not going to put it in a negative. I'm going to say, hey, but the cards who people write on, uh, that's a little bit more of an up spiral. They write on them and say, with their own hand, in their own hand, they write on them and say, you know, Pastor, you're so wonderful. <laughs> of course, I know they're exaggerating. That takes it down a little bit. But anyway, the ones who really are phenomenal cards are the ones who actually say something that's real. And I think, wow. Wow. I got a card last birth, my last birthday, this card right here. My last birthday. Hallmark card. And I opened it up like I do all the cards. You know, I looked at it and the Hallmark card here and I had handwriting on it, which was a sweet note. So sweet, no, you can't read who sent it because you can't see that well. But uh, I thought, man, that was a sweet note. And I had a piece of paper in it like this. And I thought, that's a sweet note. And I started reading it, and I got, what? Tears began to well up in my eyes as they said that they, four people sent me the card, one card, four people. And they said, we spent some time thinking of some things we appreciate about you. And they said, we came up with one for every year of your life. This is my 70th birthday. 70 good things about me. I want you to note these. <laughs> I'm going to read some of them to you. I can't read many of them. I've, you say it'll puff you up. No, I fail enough to keep me balanced. <laughs> he said he loves kids, in parentheses, though not always likes. <laughs> that is truth. I don't like children, but I love them. His restaurant, lobster, bonfire, shooting, and fishing ministries. That's true. Said, so appreciate, he gives a memorable and wise premarital counseling. Oh, yeah. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. These are just scattered throughout. He believes God can use any individual and is, and is tolerant of immature believers. I mean, I want these, even though I don't, I don't know how they can. It's sin to lie, but this one isn't. He follows medical advice. Now, that would be far, far on the outside. That's way on the edge of truth on this. Is that may I just... He follows medical advice. Put a question mark on that one. Remember, that's their perception. He put, they put on here, he preaches about obesity. I'm one of the few preachers you'll ever hear preach about obesity. He preaches about disciplining children. I may be one of those. That, that's all. It's true. Number 63. By the way, they're numbered to make sure. That he cares about the appearance of the church property. That's the best Christmas card I ever got. <laughs> you see how flawed I am? <laughs> you see? I'm losing it. That's the best Christmas, birthday, anniversary, 
That's the best card I ever got. And it wasn't my ego puffed up. It was that anybody would think that many good things about me. Now, you know what? They're not having roast preacher on the way home because they're thinking about the preacher in a positive way. Will you take what you heard today at least under advisement? Will you take what you've heard today at least under consideration that the Bible could be onto something that maybe you don't understand quite or maybe you're not into it all the way? Could, could you take what has been spoken today in, in such an imperfect way and presented in such an imperfect way I'm presenting a perfect Bible by an imperfect person in an imperfect way. But God can work through all of that. It is God that worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. He'll work through imperfect person, imperfect method to get to the perfect word to you. On the way home, ladies. Look at your husband. Baby, you demand. <laughs> Father, thank you for a few minutes together. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the practical part of it. It's just so practical, so logical, so usable. Forgive us where we willfully move away from your advice. Heal Heal some broken marriages, relationships, and friendships through these few words. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239 947-1285. Thank you and God bless.